Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who has indeed blessed us with every blessing in heaven because we belong to Christ Jesus. Lord, thank you for speaking to us and confirming your word. Thank you for the prophecy that has gone forth. Indeed, we are grateful for all that you are doing. We thank you for the death on the cross that has brought and called us forth unto salvation. Lord, our total confidence this morning is in you alone. Lord, one more time, speak to the church. Speak to us, O God. Holy Spirit, I bow completely that you may take a lead like you have started already. Once again, glorify Jesus in this place. In the end, Lord, you will take all the glory. Thank you for this wonderful assembly. The Bible says the light shines in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. He who has called us will hold us, and our lights will not go off. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. And all the time. I want to thank you for having me this morning. I have come to share the word of God with you. And I wonder what else to say. Where the Lord has already spoken through prophecies. And they confirm what the Lord has for you. The spirit of God is one. Indeed. And there is, there is, there is the, spirit of, the spirit of God is present in this assembly. Your team is, oh Lord... Revive thy work. The people in the midst of the years. And I am asked to speak on agents of revival with a subtitle, A Prepared Heart for the Word of God. A Prepared Heart for the Word of God. A heart that will meditate on the Word of God, follow the teachings it has received and be willing to go and teach others. Of course, from the epistle, you could see what is expected of us. And this hymn that we sang before this message, Ancient Works. The Bible says that the, 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 the foundation of the Lord remains sure. 
having this seal. The Lord knoweth those that are his. Let everyone that name the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. The point I want to make here is Hebrew chapter 13 verse 8 says Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus Christ does not change like some political parties say to you change has come. Jesus is the same yesterday. His word yesterday is his word today. As a matter of fact, what one of the prophecies that came said, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. John chapter 1 verse 1. Let's quickly go to the book of Ezra. Because our text is from the book of Ezra. And I would like us to open our Bibles, please. We are going to read verse 6, verse 9, and verse 10. Verse 6 says, This Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was a ready scribe in the law of Moses. Mark the word. He was a ready scribe in the the law of Moses. Because the Lord of Israel had given him the king, had given him, and the king granted him all his requests according to the hand of the Lord his God upon him. 9. For upon the first day of the first month began he to go up from Babylon, and on the first day of the fifth month came he to Jerusalem according to the good hand of his God upon him. Verse 10. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. And to do it, not just to seek it, to do it. And to teach in Israel, Israel's status and judgments. The message translation says, Ezra has committed himself to the studying. Ezra has committed himself to the studying. The Living Bible says, Ezra had determined to study. There was the determination, a conscious determination to study. Before somebody says there's a determination to do something, it means that that person is battling with a lot of things. But he has made up his mind. He is committed to a cause, irrespective of the distraction. And when I, got, when I read this, I went back, I said, let me even know how Ezra got here. If you read chapter 1 of Ezra, there was a king, a king of Persia called Cyrus. Cyrus feared the Lord. And he made up his mind and he made a decree that the temple in Jerusalem was to be built. And he put it into law. I love that kind of king. Lord, may I be that kind of king. He put it into law. And one thing led to the other, the temple was destroyed. Another king came and of torn things. Things began to go haywire. The children of God began to marry strange women. Began to mix up in the temple. And in chapter 6, thereabout, Dairos came. Because there was a remnant, 
he asks people to go to the archive that he knows very well that there was a king that said the temple in Jerusalem must be built. And they brought the book. And when they saw the book, Darius was happy. But he could not do much. And the Bible says, he reigned and left. And another king came. And the name of that king was King Atasis. And when he came, it was the time of the Lord to build his temple in Jerusalem. There was a particular man, a man like you and I. This man was studying the books. He was studying the law of Moses. He buried himself in studying the law of Moses. He would go and come back and study. I wasn't surprised because this man called Ezra came from the lineage of Aaron. And Aaron was a chief priest. And the Bible says that Ezra was a leader of the Jewish law. He had learned it from his lineage. That's why New Year, this New Year, I went and got new Bibles for my children. That's my own New Year gift. When we are praying, we pray. Who knows? Everybody say, who knows? That was the case of Ezra. His grand or his forefathers were, he came from the lineage of chief priests. So he had studied and one morning he woke up. He had prepared in his heart. He had made up his mind that you see this Jerusalem. The house of God in Jerusalem must be built. So he went to the king and said to the king, my heart is made up. I want to go and cause a revival. I want to go and do something. And the king asked him what? Unknowingly to him, he didn't know the king had also been wishing that a man will rise up to cause that revival. So he said to him, whatever you ask for, that's how I got to know that the king was willing. Whatever you ask for, I'll give to you. Just name it. Even the things he did not ask for, he said to him, go and take. He wrote letters and asked him to go and take. Everybody support extra. Because he had made up his mind. I pray that this morning people will make up their minds. So he left. If you read to chapter 10, which is the last chapter of Ezra, you begin to see the things Ezra began to do. Because he had proposed in his heart. He had learned so much about the law of Moses. He knew what was right. What the Lord did with, his, with their forefathers. So he began to call the people. Something touched me so much. He began to ask them to return the strange wives they took. And he began to pray and he began to weep. And that is exactly what revival is. There will be a lot of crying. There will be a lot of what? Weeping. Asking God to have mercy. You know, sometimes when it looks like my head is getting full and I, confusion is about to come, I will just scream either in the bedroom or wherever I am. I will just shout, Lord have mercy. My wife is used to this. When, I, when we got married newly, she used to ask me when I shout, God have mercy. She asked me what's the problem. I would tell her no problem. I just shout, Lord have mercy. That's the kind of cry somebody who is asking for revival will be crying. So Ezra began to cry because he had prepared his heart to cause revival to happen in the temple in Jerusalem. And people began to drop all the bad things they were doing to the extent that unbelievers on the land began to follow them in their feasts 
and they were now studying the law of Moses and people were getting converted and people were getting rededicated to the things of God and revival came. You enter into chapter 1 of Nehemiah up to chapter 8. You will see that Nehemiah went to the same king and asked the king, Oh, king of Persia, allow me to go to Judah to support the work of revival happening there. And the king of Judah said to him, No problem, you can go. And he joined his brother and they were doing a lot of things. That will be our portion. That you will join the vicar, you will join the leadership of this church, you will understand where they are headed to. Revival will begin to happen from here into Parkland, to the neighborhood, everywhere we catch fire to the glory of God in the name of Jesus. So, what is this revival? When you say you want to revive, what does it mean? It means to restore, to bring back to life. To restore life or restore consciousness. To regain strength or energy. To get new strength or new life. To rebuild or bring back to the former state. That means the former state must have been better. We are in the hospital environment. It could also mean to resuscitate. If I walk into the world and ask them to resuscitate me, there is nothing to resuscitate. I am strong. So revival in this context, in the Christendom, could mean that you want to bring back a man who is backsliding. A man who has started compromising. A man who has started looking back. Like in the case of Lot's wife. If you read the book of Genesis chapter 19, from verse 23 to 26. Lot's wife, the story is told, you know, even at Sunday school, how she turned to a pillar of salt. You know, the day Lord's wife turned to the, to the pillar of salt wasn't the day she got backslidden. In the first place, Lord's wife was in the book of those that ought to have been saved from the things that would happen in Sodom and Gomorrah. He came from the, from the, from the family of Abraham. So she had a covering. She had heard what God did with Abraham. She had heard what God did in the early days. She understood the husband Lot was, I am sure, was telling her. Her name was in the book of those that ought to be saved. But in the process of time, loss of the eyes, loss of the flesh, pride of life, she could remember her gold. She could remember all the things she had in Sodom and Gomorrah. And, you know, her mind started drifting. Maybe... There wasn't any man to go and preach on revival to her. Maybe you may be in church this morning. Your mind has started drifting. As soon as a man's mind or a woman's mind starts drifting, drifting, what happens is that the person's name is removed from the book of life. I will tell you why and how. So as they kept running, because her mind has started drifting, she turned back in verse 26. And the Bible says, there and then, she became a pillar of salt. That was what Paul was trying to say in the book of First Timothy chapter 4 verse 10. When he cried out to Timothy and said to Timothy, Demas had left me because he has begun to love the pleasures of this world. Who has begun to love the pleasures of this world? You are the reason why the Lord is talking about revival in this place. 
You are part of the reason why God is speaking to this morning. And he's telling you that others have gone forth. Will you allow your own life not to be lit so that you can catch up? Because if God should come, what happened to lost wife will happen to such a person. That will not be a portion in the name of Jesus. Lost wife's name was removed from the book of life immediately. No wonder Jesus said in the book of Luke chapter 6 verse 62. Luke chapter 9 verse 62. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. No man is fit for the kingdom of God once you put your hand on the plow and you look back. That was why her name was struck out immediately. And she became a pillar of salt. That will not be our portion in the name of Jesus Christ. Your name being in the book of life is so important to Jesus Christ. Your name being in the book of life is so important to him. He loves you so much. He died for you. That your name might be in the book of life. That you might catch up. And you might shine and reign with him. You know, something happened in the book of Luke chapter 10, verse 1. The Bible says, he commissioned 70 men and sent them two by two to go and preach the word of God. The 70 men went with joy into the city to preach the word of God. And they did a lot of things. So they came back to Jesus and they were excited when they came back to Jesus in verse 17. And they said to Jesus, do you know, Lord, that the devils are subject unto us? Through thy name? Do you know that I touched a lame man and the lame man got up? Do you know I touched a blind and the blind saw? And Jesus got up immediately in verse 18 and said to him, And he said unto them, Be I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So Jesus was observing them because he sits and watches, watches his word to do what? To perform it. So he was watching them. And he said to them again in verse 19, and he said to them, Behold, I give unto you the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions, and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I have given you power to become a professor. I have given you power to become a doctor. I have given you power to become an estate owner. I have given you power to become an MD of a bank. And I am also backing you up. And ensuring that nothing by any means hurts you. But the catch in what he said is in verse 20. And he said, notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you. But rather rejoice because, everybody read it, because your names are written in heaven. These were men that came back with joy to tell Jesus the exploits they had done. I could go back to Jesus and say to Jesus, can you see how you have blessed me with a beautiful wife? You blessed me with children. Even when I was asking for one, you gave me one. You know, when those days you, went to, you want to buy a phone, they will tell you you buy one, you get one free. I asked for one. Jesus gave me twins. And I asked for, I will ask for something. Jesus will embarrass me in different ways. And he said to me, hey, listen, notwithstanding, rejoice not because of all these things around you. Yes, I gave them to you. But rejoice because your name is written in the book of heaven. That is the main thing Jesus is saying to me. Don't rejoice because of all these accomplishments. But rejoice because your name is in the book of life. So the wife of Lot was carried away because of all the things the Lord has done for them. She shifted 
and her name was struck out immediately. Lord have mercy on us. That's why we are asking the Lord to show us mercy. If you read Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 2. There was a cry of a man. And he said to God in Living Bible Translation. In this time of our deep need. Begin again to help us. As you did in the years gone by. Show us your power to save us. In your lot. Remember mercy. Can we just say that? Lord in this deep. Say after me. Lord in this our deep need. Help us. Say it again. Lord. In this our deep need. Help us. Personalize it now. Say Lord. In this my deep need. Help me. Say it one more time. Lord, in this my deep need, Lord help me. You know, when I read this, I remembered what is written in the book of Psalm 102 verse 1. David was in trouble. And David cried unto God. And said, Lord, hear my prayer and let my cry come unto thee. Do you know that when CMS people came, you know they came with revival. After they collect and you have prayed the intercessory prayers, the conductor of service in my Igbo church will say, Kachine kenure ante. He will lead in prayer. Let's pray for the church in Europe. Let's pray for the church in America because the church in Europe and America have started doing what they must did. It was a prayer of revival. And the conductor will raise a prayer for these people who are drifting away. And will say, Kachineke nurebirai. And the church, those that are still not sleeping, will now say, and let her cry, come unto him. You know, during such intercessory prayer or prayer, people will sleep off. Anybody that sleeps off will soon become a prayer point for revival. May the Lord hear our prayer. Amen. So who is an agent? An agent is someone who represents a person or a people. But thinking about someone that represents a person or a people, that person must be playing an active role. An agent plays an active role. So when we say that agent of revival, it means we are saying you must play an active role as regards what? Revival. An active role is expected of you to play. How? So the question this morning is, how do I play that active role? How? Pastor, how? What, is, what, what should I do? Like the book of Psalm 109 from verse 9 to 11. A young man asks a question. How can a young person live a clean life? You read down to 11. You will get the answer. I believe that should be the question any person could be asking this morning. How can I be an agent of revival? What is my role in this revival that the Lord has called us to do? What is my role? few days ago, we have been praying in the church from 5 to 6. So I went to the church to pray. And when I go to the church to pray, I normally, pray, I normally sit in front. And I, when I'm praying, I pray well because the demons in my village may be different from the demons in your own village. So I pray with all my heart. I conquered them and I overthrow them. 
So I was praying, praying and praying. I didn't know that there was a particular young man who was also always coming to church in the evening. So I would go pray from 5 to 6 and I would go back to the office to restitute in case I have spent one hour, you know, that kind of thing. So I would go back and give back to the system maybe one and a half hours and be sure my conscience is clear. So after praying, I would rush into my car and go back to the office. So as I, as I wanted to go, a particular young man came to me, but I was with three other people. We wanted to see a particular construction going on. And he said to me, please, I want to see you. And I said to him, me? He said, yes. I said, please, can you hold on? Let me just clear something and come back to you. So we went outside, cleared what we wanted to clear, and I came back. This young man was sitting very quiet. And I came to him, and I said to him, what is it? As we walk to the car. He said, Pastor, I have a problem. And I don't know what to do. When he said, and I don't know what to do, I said, how? He said, I have done everything. I have been praying. I have been coming for prayer meeting. I have done everything. I don't know what else to do. I said, Jesus, have mercy. So this man caught me today. Okay. So what is it? He said to me, Pastor, my businesses, when I put my hand into something, at the third end of that business, it will clap crash. So, the impression I had was, you know, building blocks. At the time you want to put the last one, it will collapse. So, he will start again. He said, over and over, it has happened not once, not twice, not thrice. And as he was talking, I bow, I bent down my head. I said, God, have mercy. What do I tell this person that said he has prayed? He has done everything. He said, I have done everything. I said, eh. He said, yes. He said, you know, I said, but I don't know you in this church, oh. He said, you will know me, but you, you, were one of, you dedicated my child last year. I have dedicated so many children, so I don't even know people. I said, okay. So as he was talking, he said, when, after, when we finished praying this evening, I just felt I should come to you to ask me, what do I do so that my business will start going? You know, that's part of the challenge. You have people who want to ask you, what is your secret? What are you doing so that, you know, these, these things are going well for you? <laughs> so... I, I asked him a question. The Holy Spirit dropped something in my heart. And I looked at him. This is a brother that has been coming to church. He has been praying. He has dedicated his children. I don't know the, the number, number, whether number one or number two or number three. And I asked him, Are you born again? When I asked him, Are you born again? He looked at me well. And he said to me, No. He said, I'm not born again. You may be in church this morning. Your case may be like this young man. But he said he's not born again. I said to him, so we start from there. For the Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 6 verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So I said to him, all that you need to do first is to seek the kingdom of God, to seek God and his righteousness. And all these things that you are running after will begin to run after you. It is not my word. It is the word of God. And he looked at me. And his, I said to him, Do you know of a man called Zacchaeus in the book of Luke chapter 19, from verse 1 to 10? That was how he pressed to see Jesus. And I believe he asked Jesus that same question. That was what he wanted to ask Jesus that made him to climb the sycamore tree. What do I do so that I could be saved? What do I do so that I could be enlisted into the team of people that will cause revival? In my father's house, in my neighborhood, in the place where I walk. Because that's the reason, why, that's the reason God has planted you in that place. And I said to him, that's where we start from. And I said to him, so go and think about it. 
prepare your heart to accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. For the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 10 verse 10, For in the heart, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto what? Salvation. I say to him, your heart is important to God. God wants your heart. Can you prepare your heart and give your heart to Jesus Christ? He looked at me and I said to him, On so so and so Sunday, bring your wife and your children and meet my wife and I at so so and so place, at so so and so corner in the church so that we can pray together. Brethren, your heart, God needs it. God needs your life. Yes. God needs your heart. Your heart is important to God. He wants to prepare your heart. He wants your heart to be soaked with his word. My lifetime. I will give God my lifetime. My lifetime. I will give God my lifetime. If I give God my lifetime, He will take care of me. He will never, never let me die. I will give Just your heart. And God has promised that he will take care of you. Just that. Let God be true. That's how I follow God. I don't think about, I lie not. I just follow God. I don't think about, people will come and say, this, this. I don't think about it. God knows everything. All I do is to follow God. I thank God for my wife. Of course, she knows. Once the eyes are removed from God, there's problem. God is able to keep you. God is able to, to hold you. God is able to provide for you. God is able to do that which no man can do for you. If only you can open your heart and accept him. Hallelujah. No wonder David said in the book of Psalm 57 verse 7, he said, My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give you praise. So my brother and my sister, can you begin to crave or pant for the presence of God as the deer panted for the water brooks? So my heart pants after you, O God. Psalm 42 verse 1. Can that be your desire? When the Lord spoke to us before the message started, the Lord said in John chapter 1 from verse 1 to 5, He said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was nothing or was anything made that was made. In him was life. In the word of God is life. In the word of God is life. I don't fear death. It got to that point. Paul said to live is Christ and to die is gain. Don't allow fear to hold you down. I don't care about what any man can do. I don't care about, I have come to that point. Let God be true. It doesn't matter the office that I occupy. What about you? Because God has made you a professor. Because God has made you a commissioner. 
because God has made you a president, because God has made you an MD of a bank, you just put everything into trash. Look at Ezra. He was not scared. He was not afraid. Because he had prepared in his heart. Oh God help me. For I will not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And he went. And he says. In him was life. And the life was with was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness. And darkness comprehended it not. Wherever you are. Darkness has no right. To comprehend you. In that your office, in that classroom, in that hospital, the Bible says, and the light shineth in darkness. The man who God has planted in that place is a light. His responsibility is to cause revival to happen. Oh God, I got into an office, and when I stepped into that office, somebody was praying from the other religion. I said, no way, it cannot happen where I occupy a seat. It cannot happen. I brought him to an office. I began to minister to him. That's why God has kept you there as their boss. That's why I'm, I'm there. After all, if their boss has been an Oboni man, he will want to take everybody to Oboni. I am born again. I will take everybody to church. That's why I am there. I called him to my office immediately. I opened the Bible because I kept one in my office. When the situations are so difficult, when I am confused, I don't know what to do, I will open my Bible, a big one, and I will begin to read the Bible. And somehow the answer will come. Because the Bible says in John chapter 6 verse 6, he himself knew what he would do. God will just tell me what to do. I opened the scripture. I told my brother, let me tell you the truth. God loves you so much. That's why he has brought me to this office. I came because of you. I believe God must have heard somebody's prayer. And I want to tell you about Jesus. And I told him every morning you will come, we will study. We will share the Bible. I am his boss. He has no reason not to come. He has to come. Everybody say he has to come. Let him not come. So my brother, my sister. Do you pray for God that much? Your heart is your heart fixed on God. Like the psalmist said, my heart is fixed on God. Do you pray for God? Do you hunger for God? Do you desire for the word of God like the little baby who desired the sincere milk? First Peter chapter 2 verse 2. Do you spend time to study the word of God? First Timothy, second Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Do you spend time? If you can spend one-tenth of the time you will spend on your phone, you will become like Ezra. You will remember the ancient world. You will remember how God caused revival in the past. You will remember what the likes of Daniel did. You will remember what all the prophets did in the past. And you will just on your own walk up to the people and say, what do I do in a time like this? You hunger for his presence. You will be a man of prayer who will cry to the Lord for the lost souls. You will be a man of prayer and possibly you will pray more in the Holy Ghost. Thank God I was going through your program. Next week you will be, you'll be, you'll be learning about the agent of revival praying in the Holy Ghost. I want to encourage you to come to church. And if possible, please invite one. Just invite one person while I come in. You pray in the Holy Ghost. You spend time and pray in the Holy Ghost. You overthrow kingdoms. By praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah.
And as you do that, you completely surrender to God. The Lord wants you. The Lord indeed wants to cause a revival. And the Lord is looking for a man that he will use. How do I know? As I close, let's go to Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30. Quickly. And the Lord said, And I sought for a man among them that should break up the hedge and I st- and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. The Living Bible says, I looked in vain for anyone who would build again the wall of righteousness. And I saw none. The Lord wants to build again the wall of righteousness. The Lord wants to reach out to those people who used to believe but their names have been removed. The Lord wants you to reach out to those who used to believe and those who have not believed before but have started compromising. Are you ready to be used of the Lord? Shall we pray? Where am I? 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 Where am You may be in church this morning, but you've not given your life to Jesus. Quickly, I'll just like you to raise up your hand. You just want to say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I surrender to you this morning. God bless you. If you want to do that, please, can you raise your hand above your head so I can see you from here? Or you once believed, but you have moved away from faith. You want to ask the Lord, please, I come back to you this moment. It's not unto me. It's not unto any pastor. It's not unto anybody. It's unto the Lord. The Lord sent me to you this morning to call you back to the kingdom. My brother, my sister, if you have raised your hand, just stand to your feet and walk to the altar. And the Lord will meet you right there. And your life will not be the same again. Make a commitment to God and say to him, Lord, in this era of revival, let me not be left behind. At this moment, I want you to speak after me as you believe with your heart unto righteousness and you confess with your mouth unto salvation. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And as you bring yourself unto him in penitence and in humility, he says, unto this man will I look, unto this woman will I look, the person who is contrite in heart, who is contrite in spirit, and who trembles at my word, and who is ready to return. Repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I love, thank you, because you love me, and for paying the price 
for my sins. Even while I was still in sin, you died for me. Today, I respond to your love and I ask you, as I forsake my past sin and my past life and I turn completely unto you, come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me, cleanse me, give me the power to be a child of God and to remain yours, touched in heart, living in righteousness and holiness all the days of my life. Thank you as you write my name in the book of life. Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, who gives birth to as many as receive you, who call upon you in truth and in sincerity, and whom you let the light of salvation shine into the darkness of their hearts, and their lives never remain the same. As each of us calls on you, you bring that change, you bring that touch, you bring that impact that turns us from those under rocks and under your anger and who are not living in your favor to those who are children of God. These ones here. Adults, young adults, and even children who confess their faith in you again. Almighty God, you see as they receive you, you give them the power to become your children who are born not of flesh, not of blood, not of the will of man, but by your power. Lord, let that change. Let that turn around. Let that new beginning. Let that turning of the light into the hearts and driving away the darkness take place in these lives now in the name of Jesus Christ. Let all things become new and let the old pass away. Lord, may the joy and peace that come from you, that confirm that we are your children, garrison their hearts and their minds now in the name of Jesus. Write their names in the book of life, O God, and give them the power to live for you and in you the rest of the days of their lives and the instruments for your touch around them and make him manifest your way even in all that they do henceforth. Thank you. As your spirit seals them, as Lord, a guarantee that they belong to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive every glory, honor, power, dominion, and majesty as you walk upon these lives to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray.
Oh, let the ancient world.